Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. In Hebrews 3, we see the, the writer uh, of Hebrews speaking in this chapter and, and really urging the readers to be faithful and to understand that, that we need to seek after God, that we need to diligently come to Him and seek after Him and come before Him and not grow lax or comfortable in, in who He is or what He's done for us. And what He does is He brings us back to this picture or the story of Israel Israel, when they have come out of slavery and are in the wilderness and in that story. And so he, he brings us into that story and there's a couple of things. And, you know, to give credit where credit is due is talking with my dad about this, um, you know, these points <laughs> that uh, I'm going to talk about, you know, those are things that that Pastor Rick has, uh, in his study, and, and gotten this revelation of these things, and so I don't want, because I'm not one of those, you know, it's like, here's the four Ds of, you know, whatever. I, I, just, I don't know, maybe, my, maybe it does sometimes, but I don't feel like usually my brain works like that. Um, but it's interesting, because there's, in that story, of the wilderness, there, there is this, this pattern or, or this path of being drawn away or distant and falling away from God. And, and there's four things. I'm just going to go over probably two of them today, um, or actually five things. And number one is devotion. This is the, the point where we come into our relationship with God and where we should be continually as God is building and growing us is this place of devotion to Him. But in this story, we see that they go from devotion to being distant and then discontent to disobedient and then ending up with a diverted devotion, which is basically worshiping other idols. So it's this path, this, this walking away from your first love, walking away from that devotion that we once had. You know, when we, and, and, and we are all susceptible to this, no matter who we are, whether we're a pastor, minister, leader, you know, it doesn't matter. We all are in the place of being susceptible to falling away from this first love, from our first love and God and who He is. And I don't want to do that. In Hebrews 3, starting in verse 6, it says, But Christ, and He's talking before this about being faithful and Moses when 
he is leading the people of Israel, like that those people fell away under his leadership, but how much more should we be devoted and follow God when our leader is Christ? And we don't have Moses who is, you know, a man that's been brought up to this place of leadership. We have Christ who is God as our leader. He says, but Christ as a son. See, Moses was not God's son. But Christ as a son over his own house. This is his house. It's not Moses bringing us into this house, but, but no, this is Christ, his own house. It says, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Be faithful, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says. And he's quoting From the Old Testament, he says, be faithful as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years, therefore I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. See, this walk with God is is this walk and this this journey to the the place of rest, to the place where where we are all wanting to, to eventually get to, to that place with God where where this journey that we're in right now is over and we are in heaven with him. But God has given us a picture and in, in a, a piece of that rest right now because of what Christ has done that we get to work from rest. See, you know, when we work our job, we're working, you know, however many hours a week, Monday through Friday, to get to a place where we can rest. But that's not what it's like with Christ because of what he's done, we should start in a place of rest. Resting in who he is, resting, being confident, knowing who he is, that I, that I cannot strive or, or, or struggle, but be at rest in who he is. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have to walk and, and, and seek after him, or we don't, that we don't have to work in that. It just means that we can start in a place of resting in the confidence of who God is and what he's done for us. But he says here, we're a, we're a house Christ is building, he says, if, did you see that? There's like this little qualifier. Whose house we are, if, if, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of hope, firm till the end. See, you can be 
born again and come to know Christ, but God or Christ not be building you. And that's the place that we don't want to be. See, our walk with God is not when we come to know Him and come to this place of of relationship with Him that all of a sudden here the house is built and I just get to sit there and do nothing. Yes, He saves us. Yes, He redeems us. Yes, He justifies us. But He is, I mean, really what that is is the foundation of what we are being built upon. But then our walk with God is a being built into who he has created us to be. Continually walking with him, allowing him to do in us what he wants to do and allowing him to work and, 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 you know, get out the mess and put the good stuff in and and build the strengths here and, and, and the things that we walk through our challenges, the pressing that we feel from him, that that is the building and, and the laying brick after brick to build us as we walk with him. If we hold fast. These encouraging those that feel like turning back or turning away, those that feel like they, they're in this place, maybe that, that they feel like, God, where are you? Or are you here? I can't feel you. I can't, I, I, I don't, I, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm in this wilderness like Israel, and he is encouraging them, saying, listen, hold, hold fast. We are being built. We are God's house being built upon that foundation, brick by brick, and these things that you may walk to, and even in the wilderness, even in, actually especially in those times where it feels like you're in this desert place, that those times, even especially are when he is laying brick on brick, testing, placing, pressing, Placing, stretching, placing brick by brick. If we hold fast. To hold on, you guys know I've said this before. I love that that phrase, hold fast. And, you know, they say it's an old sailor phrase, and I've said this before, but it's not. It's an old Bible phrase because it was used there first. Hold fast. If we hold fast to the confidence, if we hold fast on to Christ and the understanding of who He is, even in that time of darkness, even in that time of feeling like we're all alone, if we hold fast, even in that time of feeling like We're in the desert if we hold fast. We will become, he will be building us into a house. I I just imagine, see, I I, I think about, I mean, I like building, I like creating things, uh, you know, putting things together with my my own hands. 
And you know, we don't like things to take a long time, right? But the most beautiful, the, the, the most extravagant, the, the best made things aren't made quickly. They're like, oh, look at whatever it is. I mean, you look at those, whether it's an old, you know, 1800s desk or a, you know, bookcase or something. It's carved. You've got dovetail joints that fit together perfectly. And it's just, oh, it's, that's so beautiful. And it's like lasted hundreds of years. It's not one of these things that we buy today. It falls apart. You know, you try to move it. Like, I just want to move this over two inches. And it's like, and it falls over, you know. It's not like that. But it's because it wasn't put together in our living room. It was put together in the workshop of a craftsman. And he took time and, and, and put it together and cut all the pieces perfectly and carved the intricate details of, of what it is in there. And it did not happen in one day. See, but we want it to happen fast. We want it to just like, yeah, God, make me that. That beautiful thing, that, that thing that will last and, and, and have that strength and stability. Just do it right now that I can walk down tomorrow. It's just there. But he says, no, I'm going to continue to carve and work on you and make you more and more beautiful each and every day. And, and even in those times. See, because those times in, that we feel like there's the struggle, there's the maybe I feel distant from you, God, I, I'm not hearing what you're speaking to me, or I, I feel so far away in those times. See, the times when, when things are going great and we feel like we're doing really awesome and, and God's speaking, you know those times we can tend to get weaker. Because we're just enjoying those things that God has done in us or for us. And we tend to stop. And I've said this before, Pastor Rick said this before, we don't stay. We're either moving forward or we're moving backward. So the point is you can't stop. You say, God, these are incredible things you've done in my life, you, what you've done for me and in me, and, and I rejoice in those, and I give you the honor and glory for those, and then you step the next day and don't say, now I'm finished. You say, God, work on me more. You say, God, build more in me. Whew. Philippians 1, 6, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Did you hear what that said? He who has begun a good work. He's started the work. He started it. But what does it say? He's begun a good work in you, and he will complete it. You're like, oh, yeah, when is that? Can you give me the date when it's going to be completed? Tell me when. Give me, what's the, what's the estimate? You know, like, is it like next month, next year? When is this, God? 
And he says, we'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He is going to be working on you and I until the day he comes or we go to meet him. That's the timeline. Now you know. Now you know. He's the craftsman. He's going to be carving and working and shaping and doing until we meet him. In 1 Peter 2, 5, it says, You also, as living stones, we are living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What he's building is a place that there can be sacrifices made, not, you know, and yes, we do need to make sacrifices, but what I'm saying, it's that, that offering to him, worshiping him. He's building us and, and placing us stone by stone so that we can be his church. God has a work to build through his people. He's got, he's got something. He is he's not a God that doesn't know what his plan is. Right? He's not a craftsman going in saying, you know, what I'm gonna figure out, like, you know, I'm just gonna start carving and see what happens. That's not God. See, he has a plan. He's got the blueprint. He's got it all laid out, detail after detail, how he wants to build us, his church, and what he wants to do in us and through us. See, victory is won. See, I don't, I don't, you, you got to understand the, the victory is won. See, Christ's work is finished. What he has done for us, that work is finished, it's through, it's done. We don't have to ask him to do more, but the work that he's doing in us is not. See, his work's finished, ours isn't. And that's why we can come to this place of rest and working out of rest because his work's finished. And that is where we find our rest, that we can step out into doing what he's called us to do. Step out the next day into saying, God, you got to carve on me. You got to do something in me. Don't let me stay the same. Make me more beautiful. Make me stronger. Make me more you know, pliable and, and rigid and <laughs> see God's more interested in making us into something than just doing stuff for us. 
See, doing stuff for us instead of stuff in us creates a different type of a person. Now, he does stuff for us. Don't get me wrong. Like he, he by his mercy, like we sang today, comes and brings healing and, and blesses and does these things for us by his, by his mercy. But in our, in our lives and in our walk and in who we are, he is more interested in doing something in us instead of for us. See, one of the things that I, I've learned, and I guess I learned this as a kid myself, but then also in having kids, is that instant gratification makes spoiled brats. I want an ice cream. I want this toy. I want this game. I want this thing. And, and sometimes, and this is look, kind of a good picture of, of what God does with us because sometimes he does just give, but he does not always just give. Sometimes, Tori and I, Pastor Tori and I will, will say, yes, here, we'll buy that for you. But we do not do it all the time. Because if we did it all the time, our kids would be the biggest brats you've ever seen. And I know you guys have seen some of those kids. Instant gratification produces spoiled brats. Now take that into our walk with God and say, whenever I'm thinking, God, will you just do this? And he's saying, not today, because I don't want you to be a spoiled brat. Not today, because if he did that immediately in us, did that work and changed us fully, and we are, right, like I said, we're being built, placed brick, brick by brick, if that happened all at once, and we didn't have to go through any kind of, of pressing, stretching, working, doing, all these things, then we would just be there and think that we just are the thing because we don't understand or know how it happened. We didn't go through the process if it happened immediately. Of the work being done in us and, and being worked in us and, and that time so we would just think this is just what it is and not understand the things that he's done in us, the things that we've learned through the time and the pressure and the things that we walk through. See, I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to just be everything God's called me to be, but have no understanding of how I got there. So this idea in these verses previously that I've read is that God is building a house. 
He's building in us a house for Him to be in. Not just coming to occupy something that's already finished. In Hebrews 3, verse 8, verse 8 and 9, it says, Do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. In the day of the trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. See, while we're believing God to, to bring us out and to deliver us, right? That's the place that Israel was in, that, that God had, had saved them, right? There's this moment of salvation for Israel, and then there's the process, and then there's the promised land. So God had, had saved them, their salvation. And he says, now this is your walk. This is this, is this time where I want to, to grow you and to help you to understand. There was devotion. Listen to this. There was devotion in Egypt. They were devoted to God in the slavery, in the being tortured and being beaten. And then God saved them. There's that salvation. And then they come out to the desert where they're not enslaved. They're not being, <coughs> excuse me, ruled over and, and, and tortured. And they come to this place. And yes, it's a wilderness. Yes, it's hard to walk through. But wow, how much better would it, or would it be than being enslaved? You know, than being ruled over by Egypt and being enslaved. So they're in the wilderness, and God says, this is the place where I want to teach you, grow you, and I am going to give you the things that you need to sustain you, but also you're going to have to walk with me. And learn how to be stronger when you're out on your own. How to be stronger when you're not being ruled. It's, it's like as a kid. Like when we, when we grow from being a kid, you know, you can't just step out into adulthood and be like, yeah, why do you believe in God? Well, my parents said I should. Well, my parents said this. Well, my parents, no, you have to go into that walk yourself and understand and learn and grow so that it can be your own conviction, right? But he said that he would not let Israel enter into the promised land because of their unbelief. Unbelief is a problem, right? God was supposed to be testing them, not them testing God. But that's what ended up happening. They turned it around backwards. God was, was testing and, and saying, you're going to walk through the wilderness with me to the promised land. And, and as you are strengthened and understand you know, and, and I'm going to bring you into this place where I want you, 
but you're going to have to walk through a couple of things and your legs are going to have to grow stronger and, and you're going to have to know me and, and seek after me and search for me and, and walk with me. And instead of him testing them, they turned it around to where they were testing God. Are we testing God instead of letting him test us? Are, are we saying, God, if you do this, so they became distant. Once they got out of that oppression and now we're on their own and they started that journey with God, God bringing them the manna and guiding them and leading them. But what happened, Moses, you know, he, he goes up on a mountain. They're all like, yeah, we don't know what to do. And we, you know, we just need something to worship. Started worshiping other idols, all these different things. And all of a sudden, they become more and more distant from their first love. Distance can be our fault, or it can be God who is hiding himself from us so that we seek after him, so that we learn and grow, so that we will take those steps to come to him. Sometimes, and maybe many times it's our own fault because we have not held fast and we are seeking after something else more than we're seeking after God. There's this distance. We're allowing things to be in our lives that, that shouldn't be, and there's this distance. But also sometimes it's God saying, I'm going to stay at a little bit of a distance because I want you to walk toward me. And in that distance, they became discontent. They were not content. And that's not, see, we can't get complacent It's not being content and, and not doing anything. But in being content means being content in who God is and faithful to Him without falling away and thinking that we need something else besides Him. They came became discontent. They weren't happy with the manna. God was providing, right? He was providing them with food. And, and, you know, I don't know exactly what it was like. It was like oatmeal, like mush or something. You know, maybe it, I, I might get a little tired of that too. But God was sustaining them. This manna that they had, 
that, that God provided for them. Listen, to, to think that because it was from God, it didn't matter what it was, it was going to be everything that they needed, right? They said, oh, no, 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 we need meat. Because it's what I'm giving you. It has every nutrient, every, every little thing that you possibly could need that will strengthen your body and will give you the, the, the strength to move on with me. But they became discontent. God, you're not doing it the way that we want. God, this is, we don't want the food that you're giving to us. We want something different. I say, oh man, I can't believe they were doing that. But how many times do we do the same thing? Whenever God is, you know, it feels like he's a little bit further away. And then we're just like, you know, you know what happens? We start grumbling. We start complaining. We start getting frustrated with every little thing that was no issue at all before. And it's not because that thing is an issue, but it's, it's because we're not in the place of, of holding fast to God and knowing that it doesn't matter what it is, that He, He is the one that sustains us. Not the manna, not the, you know, the job, not the house, not, not whatever it is. It's, it's not the thing. But it's Him that sustains us. And then when we grow further away from Him, when we walk and become distant from Him, then all this stuff becomes an issue because we've forgotten that He's the one. And it's not the thing. Now the thing becomes an issue. So they were discontent. Do we believe that he, that God is providing the best for us? I know that, that I've had times where I'm like, God, there's got to be better. There's got to be more or whatever. And, and will we trust him that he is the craftsman? That he is the potter, right? We're what needs to be worked on. We're the wood that needs to be carved. We're the clay that needs to be molded. We're what needs to be worked on, and he is the craftsman. Will we trust that he is doing the best for us? And you know what that means? It doesn't mean that he's giving you what you want. What it means is he's leading you to a place of building you brick by brick, shaping you. And the prescription for this distance and being discontent that comes from distance is to seek after him wholeheartedly. I know it's hard, and I know Pastor Rick's told stories of different times when he felt 
Like it was so hard. And this one story is like whenever he was really sick and, and he was having trouble to, to really just form thoughts and pray and, and all these things. I'm not going to tell his story, but God was just like, just, just speak to me whatever you can. Just pray whatever you can. See, we get tied up in this thing of saying, I don't know exactly how to pray. Just pray. Just call out his name. Just say, I love you. More will come. But the point is you have to just seek. In Song of Songs, Song of Solomon 3, starting in verse 1, it has the story of the the Shulamite woman, and, and it's a picture of, of us and God, right? That God is, is the lover and, and the one that is to be sought after and the woman is, is the church or is us, as individuals, that, that we are that woman and what is needed is that we need to seek, right? In verse one, it says, by night on my bed, I sought the one I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. Let me stop there. You can leave the scripture up. At night, I, I sought the one that I love. I sought him. I, I looked for him, but I could not find him. And it's, it's this picture of, you know, it's, it's night at this time. So she's like, where is he? Where's the one that I love? And he was gone. But the point is, is, she started out, not, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he's just gone out for a little while and he'll come back to me. But what happens whenever there was that distance is she said, no, I sought him. And right now it's night. I've sought him on my bed and I could not find him. I sought him. I just, I, I can't do anything but find the one that I love. In verse two, I will rise now. I will rise now, I said, and go about the city in the streets, in the squares. I will seek the one that I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. I will rise when, in a little bit, after a couple hours, you know, not like, hey, I'm going to wait, see if he comes back, and then maybe later I will seek after the one that I love. No. I will get up. I will rise. When? Right now. Immediately. At the moment of realizing that there's some distance or that we cannot find the one that we love. We, the moment that we feel that, what, it, what needs to happen is, and what she says is like, I will rise right now. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go around the city. I'm going to look in every nook and cranny and crevice and every place to see if I can find. I'm not going to stand still and wait to see if he comes back or if he will talk to me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up and go and find the one that I love. I have to seek after him. 
because I can't do anything else but seek after him. Because I need to find him. Verse 3. He said, I sought him, but did not find him. The watchmen who go about the city found me. I said, have you seen the one that I love? It's like the ever, it's like everybody that passed by. Have you seen the one that I love? There was no hesitancy or shyness about asking, where is he at? Have you seen him? I need to find him. Will you tell me if you know where he's at? Please tell me where the one that I love is. The watchman who go about the city found me. I said, have you seen the one that I love? Scarcely had I passed by them, verse 4, when I found the one I love. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him to the house of my mother and into the chamber of her who conceived me. She says, I barely walked past the watchman and said, have you seen him? Have you seen the one that I love? And then all of a sudden, she says, I found him. I found him. What was she? She didn't say, there you are, and then walk away. She didn't say, there you are, and, and, then, and, and then say, come on, follow me. She didn't say, there you are, and do anything else, but she said, I've found you, and I am going to what? She would not let him go. Hold fast. She said, I am going. I held him and would not. I held fast. That, that picture, that phrase, again, I love that phrase, but is holding on. For dear life is holding on, as the sailors would use it. It's, it's holding on to the rigging, to the ropes, to the things, you know, the ropes of the sails, the, the ropes of, of, you know, the deck, because there is a stormy sea, there's waves crashing, the boats rocking. Hold fast, hold fast so that you don't get knocked off the boat. That's why they, the way they use it. Here, it's hold fast. I'm going to seek after him. I'm going to find him. She finds him and she says, I held him and I would not let him go. I'm holding fast to the one that I love. We hold fast to God when we find him. We've had to seek him right day and night. Every place that we could. That The way that she found him. was by getting up and going and looking every place that she could and saying, I'm not going to stop looking until I find him. So in those places of distance, we, we, or we feel like he's far away, maybe it's because of our own doing. Maybe it's because he's hiding himself from you for a moment. But will we rise up and say, I'm going to go now? In that scripture in, in, in Hebrews, it says, today, today. 
Not tomorrow, but today. But will we rise up and say, I will not stop seeking after God, seeking his voice. I will spend time with him in prayer. I, I will pray when, even when it feels hard or even when I don't know what to say. But I will seek after him. I'll read. I'll, I'll read his word even when it seems like it's not getting in or it's making a difference. I'll read it because I know that it is something being planted in me that will bring revelation. And in, I might not feel it now, but I'm going to read it and, and let it come in here because he will do the work because he does not fail. But we seek after him and will we hold fast? Because when we find him, we can't be like, oh, there you are, and now I'm going to go back to doing what I've always done. No, we can't find him and say, oh, there you are. Come, you know, you want to go where I want to go? Say, grabbed hold. Hell, she held him fast. She would not let him go. Will we hold fast to God? And what does she say? She, she takes him back to the place there was intimacy. It's this place of saying, I'm going to hold on to God. I'm going to hold fast to him. I, I might have had to seek him, you know, in this season, in this time. But when I find him, I will hold so tight to him that we will be back in the place of intimacy and relationship that we were intended to be in. Proverbs 4.23 It says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. I think I gave you the wrong <laughs> reference. In the New Living Translation, it says, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines, it determines the course of your life. In this place of coming before God and, and getting back to Him. We have to guard our heart when we're in that place of intimacy so that things don't lead us once again astray, so that something doesn't tear us apart from Him like maybe it has once before. Guard your heart. Don't, don't let don't let the things that, that have tainted or poisoned your relationship with God to do that anymore. Please stand with me. Thank you.
Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.